must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott and welcome back to Great Men Back Then, the show where we talk about great people in American history. If you can remember from a few months ago, I did an episode featuring Elizabeth Smith Friedman, who was a codebreaker in both of the world wars And she is also an alumna of Hillsdale College. Since then, there has been a documentary produced by Hillsdale College students, myself being one of them, called Hillsdale Student American Hero. And this documentary is about Friedman and her life. And we focus a lot on her time as a Hillsdale student and tying back her success to her time at the college. When I first heard that Hillsdale College can be credited for um, some of the success of Elizabeth Friedman, I scratched my head and I wanted to know more. How can the success of this amazing American hero possibly be related to her time as an undergrad student at an institution in rural Michigan? I think that the documentary Hillsdale Student American Hero answers a lot of these questions. Now, I know that I have already produced an episode of Great Men Back Then where we focus on Elizabeth Friedman and her life, but that episode was more strictly a chronological story of her life, just going through what she experienced year by year and kind of what her life was as a whole. But this episode is going to be a little different in how we are going to be talking about her success as an American hero and her time as a Hillsdale student and seeing how those two relate to each other. And it's very interesting because the one link between her success and her time at Hillsdale is actually William Shakespeare. And so we're going to dive into that and discuss kind of how all those things are related. And so this episode is going to be a little bit more analytical and we're going to focus um, just on these things and the story behind that rather than strictly a chronological story of her life because I've already done that. Whenever we were researching for the documentary Hillsdale Student American Hero, We had the wonderful privilege to travel to Lexington, Virginia, and visit the George C. Marshall Foundation. And at the foundation, we were able to look through a lot of the Freedmen archives and talk to the library director, Melissa Davis, and we were able to learn a lot more about Freedmen that we didn't know. And one of the things she told us was that Elizabeth started to have a love for William Shakespeare's plays whenever she started attending college. There really isn't any evidence to suggest that Elizabeth enjoyed Shakespeare's writing before she came to college. 
We know that she always loved reading and she always loved poetry. She was very analytical and she was very passionate about education um, because she literally had to beg her father to pay for her college. And he only agreed if she would pay him back at 7% interest, which Elizabeth agreed to. So we know that she'd always been very interested in the classics and in reading and in learning more. But specifically, her love of Shakespeare, we believe, started as she was a student at Hillsdale College. She was an English literature major, and so she definitely read a lot of Shakespeare while she was completing her undergrad at Hillsdale. And so the connection between her passion for William Shakespeare and her start in code breaking is definitely a unique story. So right after graduation, Elizabeth actually became a school principal at an elementary school. And so she traveled to Illinois for this job. And she quickly learned that teaching was not something she wanted to do. I think she felt very insignificant and that she wasn't making a huge difference. And she wanted to do something more with her life. She didn't want to be ordinary. She wanted to be extraordinary. And so she stayed at this job for about a year and felt pretty defeated and decided that she was going to return home and see what other opportunities may pop up after that. But on one of her last days in Illinois, she went to a library and was reading Shakespeare. And the librarian happened to see her. And she she told Friedman that there was a man who kept coming in the library looking for someone who was passionate about Shakespeare, someone who really liked Shakespeare. And Elizabeth kind of shrugged it off and was like, okay, that's neat. But apparently the library had called this man. His name was George Fabian. So the library called Fabian and told him that there was this woman at the library who was really interested in Shakespeare. And she looked like the kind of person that he had been looking for for a while now. And so Fabian shows up to the library And in the words of Melissa Davis, practically kidnaps her and told her, you're coming to Riverbank with me tonight. Riverbank Laboratories was the place that Fabian kind of owned and ran. And it was a very beautiful place. He had more money than sense. And there was beautiful gardens. And the main project that he was working on at the laboratory was trying to prove that William Shakespeare did not actually write any of his plays, but that a man named Lord Francis Bacon actually wrote them. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lawrence Scott, and this is Great Men Back Then. Today, we are talking about Elizabeth Smith Friedman, and specifically how her time as an undergrad student at Hillsdale College attributed to her success as a codebreaker in both of the world wars. And so he wanted Elizabeth to help prove that this theory 
was correct. It was something that Fabian and his workers had been trying to prove for literally years. And so seeing Friedman and meeting her definitely gave him hope that with a fresh set of eyes, with someone who loves Shakespeare and is familiar with his writings, maybe she will be able to see something that we've been missing. And so she agrees, even though it was kind of abrupt um, that he grabbed her by the arm and was like, you're coming with me. Um, She still went and decided that from that day on, she would work for Fabian trying to decode the possible messages hidden within his writing. And so it was Fabian who taught her the first method of encoding messages. And so she was trying to find any code hidden within the writings. And what's really significant about this time in her life and what really speaks volume about how intelligent Friedman was is that out of all the people working there who dedicated hours of their lives and so much of their time to try and prove this theory, she was pretty much the only one there who realized that it was crazy. Um, Her soon-to-be husband, William, was also working there at the time, and he also suspected that it was bogus, that there were definitely no codes hidden within Shakespeare's writing. And they later published a book in 1957, Um, talking about their experience of the Shakespeare codes and how they didn't exist. And so right from the start, we can see that Elizabeth is brilliant. And she could realize things, she could see things that other people in a room full of people, nobody else noticed or realized what was right in front of them. And so it was when she was working at Riverbank, learning how to encode messages and find hidden codes within what would appear to be a normal sentence, that World War I broke out. And Fabian, being kind of the arrogant, go-getter kind of person that he was saw a really good opportunity for himself. I personally believe it was selfish intentions, even though something good came out of this, just because Fabian was very controlling and only cared about himself. But he had a team of people who were trying to break codes. And at the time, the United States had no official code-breaking unit. And so whenever the war broke out, nobody had a way to try and decipher enemy codes. And so we were kind of helpless in that aspect. And so Fabian saw an opportunity and he took it. And he offered Riverbank Laboratories to be established as the first ever code-breaking unit in America. And who did he put in charge? He put Elizabeth Friedman and her husband in charge. And so here Elizabeth is. The only reason 
she's at this odd place to begin with is because she loved Shakespeare. She was just found reading a Shakespeare book in the library and found herself in this strange place. And now here she is training the first ever generation of codebreakers who are expected to help with a world war. And as you can imagine, that pressure must have been pretty intense because their success or failure could determine the fate of these nations. And so the only experience she had ever had was practicing with the Shakespeare writing. And now she was expected to break codes for all five branches of the military. Of course, she loved this challenge. Um, From the very beginning of her life, she knew that she wanted to do something big. And so she saw this as an opportunity to finally kind of achieve that dream. She'd always said that she wanted to be remembered for something great. Um, Even her last name, her maiden name, Smith, she hated it because it sounded so ordinary. She actually called it the odious name Smith. And so seeing this opportunity to literally help with a world war was kind of like a dream come true for her in a way, even though she knew it was going to be a lot of dedication and a big time commitment. She was willing to do this. And of course, working with the codes in World War I was not the only thing that Elizabeth did. She also helped during Prohibition. She worked for the Coast Guard and she was working on bringing down the most dangerous men in America at that time. She knew it was dangerous and it put her at risk and perhaps even her family at risk, but she did it because she knew it was the right thing. And then fast forward, whenever World War II broke out, she switched from working with the Coast Guard and started working with the Navy. And even though she was arguably the best codebreaker in America, the Navy had a rule that women could not be first in charge. And so she had to be second in charge and kind of give up this thing that she had created, um, this thing being codebreaking, to somebody else who didn't know it as well as she did. And obviously that was something very difficult for her to do, but she never once complained about it and she never once played the victim card. She continued to serve her country and she continued to have a great humility about her. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott and this is Great Men Back Then. Today we are talking about Elizabeth Smith Friedman and specifically how her time as an undergrad student at Hillsdale College attributed to her success as a codebreaker in both of the world wars. It wasn't until later, after World War II was over, that Elizabeth and William were finally able to sit down and write their book called The Shakespearean Ciphers Examined. And so obviously this was important enough to write a book about it. Out of all the things they could have written about, they could have written about World War I or World War II, or Elizabeth could have written about 
her time bringing down smugglers during Prohibition. But they chose to write about their time examining Shakespeare's writing. And in this book, in chapter two particularly, they define what cryptology is. And I think that's very interesting because they were the people who pretty much invented the definition of cryptology because they are the ones who formed the science of cryptology whenever it really wasn't a thing before them, specifically before Elizabeth's work. And so it's very significant that at the end of their life, even though they had children, even though William was suffering from a series of heart attacks and extreme mental illness, that they sat down and took the time to write this book about the Shakespeare ciphers because they knew that studying Shakespeare was the beginning of their lifelong career in code-breaking. And we can say for Elizabeth that we know her love of Shakespeare began at Hillsdale College. And that's something really special to always remember as a Hillsdale student or an alumni or even a member of the Hillsdale community, that the work that we do at Hillsdale College is lasting. And even for someone who graduated here in 1915 with a simple English literature degree, she was involved in the Collegian and the Winona, we know that that work played a great role in her life. And I was looking through the 1915 yearbook, actually, and I saw a picture of a performance of a Shakespeare play. And I was looking at the characters and who played the characters in the play. And Elizabeth actually played the character Puck, who is one of the main characters um, in the Shakespeare play A Midsummer's Night Dream. And so it's even more confirmation and validation that Elizabeth really did start her love of Shakespeare at Hillsdale College and the great work that goes on here followed her throughout her life to literally help her save countless people in both of the world wars and even during prohibition and so that's something that's definitely special to remember and always be proud of as a Hillsdale student or a member of the Hillsdale community. It is because Elizabeth took the knowledge that she learned at Hillsdale College and applied those things to serving her country during difficult times that I argue that she is a great woman. Thank you for listening to Great Men Back Then. I'm your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Come back next week as we talk about another great person in American history. Once again, this is Great Men Back Then on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.